The Plan with Callahan podcast is brought to you by Callahan Wealth, an office of Northeast Planning Associates. Financial planning is hard. Let them make it easy, one step at a time. Financial planning offered through Northeast Planning Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. NPA and LPL are not affiliated. Now, on with the show. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about... Mm, money, money, money. Ah, high finance. <laughs> Bulls, bears, people from Connecticut. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. I'm Tommy Callahan, Big Tom Callahan's son. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Plan with Callahan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Callahan. The four most dangerous words in this business. This time, it's different. We've known for years that as soon as interest rates started to rise, we could see some serious problems in this market. Well, what the heck just happened? First, let's start with some of the basic pieces of information, because if you're watching CNBC or Fox Business, they throw a lot of information at you. It comes fast, and typically the viewer has no idea what's going on. Let's talk about a traditional bank and how they typically make money. It's called the spread, right? which is the difference between the interest rate that the bank pays on deposits versus what they receive on loans. I put my money in a savings account making 1%. The bank puts out a loan to someone else. They get 5% for that loan. The bank makes 4%. What's changed is the end of the Glass-Steagall Act. So the Glass-Steagall Act, which was created in 1933, was set out to prevent banks from operating as both a commercial lender and an investment bank. And many feel that its repeal was one of the main factors that contributed to the meltdown of 2008. Why? Well, because as commercial banks morphed into investment banks, they started adding additional risks. And if not managed appropriately, they could, quote unquote, go under. It happened in 2008 with multiple banks, the biggest one being Washington Mutual. Now here we are 15 years later, and it's Silicon Valley Bank. Washington Mutual was the first domino to drop in what was called the subprime crisis, horrendously underwritten debt that was uh, finally went bust due to a reset on adjustable rates. Well, this time, instead of subprime mortgage erosion due to rising rates, this is now due to quote-unquote safe investments, if you can believe it. The thought process forever has been, as interest rates go up, banks make money. Why? Well, because of that spread thing we just talked about. Banks will lend at a higher rate, and yes, they will increase their savings rates, but it's not a one-to-one -one comparison. The spread typically widens in favor of the institution. I know, difficult to believe, right? But in this case, this was a bank that went bust because they weren't lending. They were mostly investing. And what were they investing in? Bonds. Now go back to Economics 101. And if you remember, you learned that stocks are risky and bonds are safe. That's why you diversify yourself. So if one side of your portfolio goes down, the other side goes up, right? Wrong. It's never a perfect science. People have won Nobel Prizes for theories that get criticized all the time. Just Google Harry Markowitz and William Sharp. The fact of the matter is both sides of your portfolio can go down at the same time, and it happened last year. 
It's impacted everyday investors, and now it's impacting some of the biggest institutions in this country. Silicon Valley Bank, aka SVB, was a $200 billion bank that went under in about 10 minutes. And the easy question to the long-winded answer is, how? How could investing in quote-unquote safe assets like bonds blow up a $200 billion bank? Well, let's highlight real quick how bonds work. The U.S. Treasury offers bonds. It's a debt obligation from the government. Let's say it's a savings bond. You're making a deal with the government that you're going to give them X amount of money. Let's say it's $1,000. And for 30 years, they're going to pay you interest per year of, for an example, 3%. That means that for the next 30 years, you're going to make $30 per year. And then you can redeem the bond and get all your interest and money back. These used to be notorious birthday gifts from your grandparents, but those bonds are never traded on the secondary market, which means I don't need to call my buddy Gary and sell him the bond to get my money back. I send it to the treasury and they cut me a check. Now, obviously I'm being very generic here and, and very uh, low level. I wouldn't call a friend and sell the bond on the secondary market. That would go through a, a money maker, or excuse me, a market maker, but other bonds such as treasuries, which are also government bonds, corporate bonds, which as the title states are debt obligations from companies, municipal bonds offered through municipalities. Those are all sold on the secondary exchange. They go through market makers. It's a totally different game now. So stay with the same example. If I own, let's say a 10-year bond that pays 2%, which a lot of people still own, same example, thousand bucks, that means I get $20 of interest per year on that bond. And at the end of that period, I get my $1,000 back. Well, if interest rates go up and now I can buy a 10-year bond with 3% and I go to my buddy Gary and I say, hey, you want to buy this 2% bond off of me? What's he going to say? Well, most likely he's just going to say no or sure, but I'm not giving you all your money. I'm going to buy it from you at a discount because I could get a 3% bond right now on the open market. This is a very basic example, and that's what just kicked SVB right in the face. SVB last Wednesday said that they were, quote unquote, repositioning assets to take advantage of the potential for higher short-term rates to partially lock in funding costs to better protect net interest income and net interest margin, which would enhance profitability. You know what that means? It means they called their buddy Gary and he didn't pick up the phone. SVB invested in bonds that are getting hammered because interest rates are going up and their yields are becoming obsolete, and they're not the only one. I used this line last week, but I'll use it again this week. The tide is starting to go out, and we're finding out who's not wearing a bathing suit. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said Friday that SVB was one of a few banks that she was monitoring closely. I'm sorry, but this is coming from the same woman who told you that inflation was transitory. So sorry, not sorry that I'm taking her word with a grain of salt. Low interest rates have made this business pretty easy over the last 15 years. Just buy the S&P 500, go for the cheapest investments, set up accounts directly, do it yourself, even though you have a full-time job, a spouse, kids, aging parents, whatever. This increase in interest rates is continuing to produce dislocations we talked about a few weeks ago. It's separating the winners from the losers, and it's humbling a lot of investors. I don't want to say I can't wait until next week because I'm not sure I'm going to like what happens next week. The way that these things typically play out, 
The SEC will have a full-blown investigation to explain why this is everybody else's fault but theirs. More regulations will come in at a much different time than when we were in 2008. We have significant growth issues in this country, and now the chain around our necks is going to start tightening even more. There's a reason why I end every episode with the same line. Sure, it's for branding. I'm not running a 501c3 here, but I repeat it because in times like this, you need to hear it. You cannot hear it enough. Avoid this noise. Stay on your plan. Stay on your plan. Stay on your plan and never stop learning. Until next time, folks, take care. The comments on this podcast are that of the participants and should not be viewed as comments made by LPL Financial or Northeast Planning Associates. Content on this episode should not be considered investment advice, but strictly as educational information.